Blog Talk Radio. Father, 
Father God, we come to a juncture in our journey that is for so many of us very difficult and hard to navigate and do it with joy in our hearts because we recognize where we are uh, to some degree in the dynamics that are taking place across the world, but we do have no idea and never evidently will have any idea exactly how much longer we're going to have to be here. We do praise you, Father, for the opportunity to be able to be a part of that which is imminent upon this earth, um, although we recognize very keenly that being a part of that may and will very much, very, very, very likely uh, include our own personal physical suffering as well as our own personal emotional suffering. And that the promises that were, I don't know if I want to call them promises, we could call them claims, we could call them utterances, but the words that came from those who profess to be speaking on your behalf in, in, in a prophetic voice that have, um, for lack of a better term, promised us uh, or declared that we would have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that would bring us through the days that we have uh, to endure, um, it must, those, those promises, we're just going to call them promises, those promises have not come true. Those promises uh, may be reserved for a much more difficult and challenging time in the future. Uh, we do not understand those dynamics. We do not understand when they'll be applicable. But what we do understand is that we and our hearts, our hearts, Many of our hearts are going through very challenging times, um, and it may be a bit of a roller coaster ride. There may be, you know, good times and bad times, and even keel times, and and you know, and just periods that we go through that are just miserably depressing. Um, but on the other hand, there will be times of joy that will be injected here and there occasionally, and we give you all the glory for that. And, and of course, Father, even in the midst of all of these things, we, we, we must strive in our hearts emotionally to embrace true joy, the joy that surpasses all of the uh, personal, intimate, emotional dynamics that are a part of our daily walk. Uh, that joy that that bubbles up from within us uh, when we keep our minds stayed on things above and not on things of this world, which in many cases is exceedingly more far more difficult than what any of us maybe have imagined uh, as the days grow darker and the promise uh, from Satan's uh, minions uh, increases intensely over um, uh, future pandemics, uh, Sears releases of the, some type of a virus that's known as they're going to call Sears. Uh, it's going to be many times the magnitude more deadly. It's going to target children. Uh, we don't know when these things are going to happen, but what we, but what many of us are experiencing, we're getting little tastes of the um, impact on our own personal lives of uh, the changes that are happening across the world, even from a pestilence and a uh, pestilence and famine standpoint, experiencing what normally would have been called just simply severe cold and flu. 
taking on a whole, a completely different meaning, something that is so much more severe and long-lasting than anything any of us have ever experienced. Uh, intensities and levels of intensities. I, I've seen the commentaries out on Twitter, uh, even unbelievers who don't understand and wonder why things are so intense and the pain associated with uh, what seems to be nothing more than you know maybe a severe flu uh and the idea that it would drag on sometimes three weeks four weeks five weeks and completely drain somebody of their ability to function uh put it literally placing their jobs in jeopardy amidst such a precarious and dangerous walk that we are already immersed in uh, as the third seal continues to progress. Uh, the financial uh, dynamics of the world continue to conflict with one another in such a fashion that there's a separation. It is very dangerous and it, and it embraces an imminent collapse across so many countries, probably hundreds, uh, if not more, uh, that that uh, we're all literally walking on, you know, a metaphorical uh, frayed piece of dental floss and heavy winds across the Grand Canyon. And uh, yet at the same time, Father, we understand that it is our calling. Uh, it is our commandment. It is our um, admonishment uh, through the reading of your word and drawing in closer to you to understand that the fiery trials that are to try us are to be embraced as an opportunity and something that should deep down inside bubble up inside of us joy because we do recognize that we draw ever closer to the time that we're going to be leaving here. Although to some of us, the agony that's associated with the things that we're going through is so painful that the very idea that we have to go through it another couple of more months or even a couple of more years is, well, it's just not even something we can consider uh, we just can't. We just cannot consider it. We have to look past that. We have to embrace hope in you and uh, hope, deep, deep hope, hope that just overwhelms us with, with, um, with uh, a light at the end of the tunnel that we need to be able to embrace because the, the opposite of that, which would be to um, embrace and uh, be okay with or attempt to be okay with, a sustained lifestyle that is getting progressively more um, painful, progressively more difficult to endure, progressively more risky to be able to even keep the lights on in our homes or to have a roof over our head. All the while, our families are turning against us and saying things they should not be saying. Our husbands are divorcing us. Our wives are turning against us and divorcing us. They're, all the things that you warned us about, Jesus, are in play right now like never before. And we suspect that if things continue at the current rate of progression that we're in right now, that um, they will come to a point of where it is nearly impossible for us to tolerate them. Um, uh, but yet we know that we will have to tolerate them, and only through your grace and only through our teaching of ourselves, while at the same time we are begging you and beseeching you in our prayers and in our tears to pour out a spirit of grace and, into, and to impart upon our hearts the ingredients, the emotional ingredients that we need to have that we obviously had, do not have enough of now, 
to be able to handle all of these things uh, without them uh, throwing us into the pit, without them causing us to fall into an exceedingly deep and awful depression that could very well lead to another form of pestilence get grabbing a hold of us, a sickness that is many times a magnitude more painful than the ones that many of us are enduring even now, uh, and also uh, very difficult uh, interactions emotionally with those around us as the, the, um, as your scripture co- continues to come through, uh, true and true, uh, as it you know, as it warned us that you know, love would wax cold. Uh, just really, if we were just to expand upon that, Father, really things around us, the warnings that we get from our Scripture when we unravel all of the artistic nature of, of the beauty of the Word of God, and just say it like it is, is that things are going to get so doggone ugly that without your grace, there's just little chance that we're going to be able to navigate the daily troubles and difficulties that will be thrown at us in a way that will, uh, you know, that we'll be able to minimize our suffering. Let's just leave it at that. Because if we allow uh, the um, the things that are happening around about us, the ways that people are treating us, the divorces, the families turning against us, the um, sometimes we feel like we've been uh, just like Jesus did when he hung from the cross and said, Father. Father, why hast thou forsaken me? And very much does this line up with, in great harmony and incredible supernatural perfection, the words that were given to Sister Bonnie in 2013, where she was told through your voice that we would come upon a time of difficulty, a time of darkness that we would have to walk through, and it would seem at times when you were not there. Uh, And I can attest to that myself, and I can attest to that on behalf of many others who are going through or have gone through or in the midst of going through similar things, just not exactly the same dynamics, but very similar outcomes, very similar emotions, very similar worries, very similar fears, very similar um, uh, just, just you take every negative emotion that you could possibly think of and you make it in a list and you would probably have... uh, uh, a good portion on i don't i wouldn't i don't know i don't know but i would say probably a very very good portion of those negative emotions would be currently experienced by the vast majority of those of us who have been seeking you with all of our heart all of our mind all of our soul and 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 desiring just just desiring more than anything to fall in love with you to be closer to you to surrender to you to be willing to lay down our bodies as a, a living sacrifice holy and acceptable as our spiritual service of worship to you how can we expect that we would not be a part of that which is around us how could we be expect that would be that we would be exempt when the scripture says that we would clearly not be exempt and that we would we would indeed be a part of the things the negative things that are happening to the world but we would have hope that they do not have we would have joy because of that 
hope. We And we need, Father God, all of the assistance, all of your anointing, all of your blessings, everything that you are willing. Now, we don't suspect. We know that there are lessons to be learned. The scripture clearly says that the Lord God tests the righteous. We understand that again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel, Psalm 78, 41. We understand that we are no better than our master. We understand clearly that we are a type of the Israelites who have been uh, just, well, barely, re- barely but recently, just uh, maybe, almost set free from Egypt, but not quite, pending soon maybe, and, and having to endure the intense difficulties, the unbelievably agonizing emotions that go along with all of the dynamics that the, 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 you know, that we, I, I, I am, I have it recalled to my heart. I don't, I, I, I'm not feeling well tonight. Father, you know this, I feel very ill, uh, and I'm going to continue with the program as best as I can. I've been warned by many believers, approximately five to eight of them from around the world, that I should anticipate the side effects of the flu that I'm going through to last no less than six to eight weeks. Possibly the shortest would be four weeks. It's only been a little over one, and it's been one of the most difficult uh, sicknesses I've ever gone through in my entire life. Uh, And uh, I praise you for it. I praise you for whatever it is I am to learn from it, whatever it is that you might be doing with my immune system, and that you maybe have done with other believers' immune systems to super strengthen them. Uh, for the days that we have imminently upon us, that perhaps we would build up enough antibodies against any type of a variation of flu virus or similar virus, that we would be able to be bypassed by the uh, horrors that are awaiting so many of those who are captured in the very words of Psalm 91, which we would not honestly, Father, wish upon our worst enemies, but we also know, just as with the Israelites, that there are an awful lot of hard-headed people, and even some of those hard-headed people, if not the vast majority of them, are some of your greatest believers, those who strongly believe in you, but honestly, deeply believe inside their heart that they are somehow immune to the things that we are all going to experience one way or the other. And it's going to surprise them. It's going to knock them off their game. They're going to be completely befuddled. They will think that you have, uh, I don't know, but not betrayed them, but maybe forgotten them, or they'll go to their pastors. Their pastors won't have answers for them. We have days ahead of us where people who have been continuously blessed for decades within churchianity will no longer find those blessings at their doorstep, and that there will be a whole new learning experience that all of us will have to go through. It is imparted upon my heart, Father, to remember how the Israelites, even as they had left Egypt, 
many of which when they begin to experience some of the awful uh, just daily living dynamics, how hard it was to get water, how hard it was to find any food, how unbelievably miserable it was for them to be able to even attempt to sleep in the conditions that they were in at the time, how so many of them fretted over having even left Egypt in the first place. Father, oh Lord, if this is indicative of some of the things that we may have to go through on our own, if, it, if, if, if you do not provide for us and I have to drink water, as you know, Father, hold on just a second, praise Jesus. Father, if it is not for an outpouring, if it is not, if, if without an outpouring of some type of a supernatural boost, I don't know what to call it. I'm not going to try to think of a biblical word. I'm just going to throw whatever word out there that works because I just don't feel good enough to be um, eloquent in my choice of words. But, Father, we're going to need some sort of a boost. You can call it an anointing. You can call it whatever you will, Father. But your scripture tells us, it says over and over and over again. And and are we in, I don't know the answer to this question, are we in such a time? Could we be in such a time where so many of the promises of your scripture are not going to be valid, at least not in the time frame or the expectation of a reasonable response time that we would normally have? Is it possible that the days that we're in right now are so dark that the difficulties that we must endure have to last an exceedingly long period of time to really put us through an adequate test where we literally walk within your grace or we perish? Is that the test? Because we don't know. All of us, and I know that all, I believe in my heart, very much so, certainly by the very tone, the choice of the words that were used by many of your prophets that I used to have on my A-list over 11 years of time, seemed to make an implication, a strong implication, that there were going to be the vast, that the vast majority of us, uh, and certainly inclusive of them, would not have to go through that type, that level, that magnitude of torment for such a long period of time that would it, it would test our the our ability to remain steadfast that we wouldn't toss in the towel that we wouldn't just say I can't take it anymore and what benefit would it be to us even if we were tempted to do so i would only imagine lord and i would have to expect and pray in jesus name James chapter 1, verse 5, if anyone seeks wisdom, let them ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given them. Father, I lift that scripture up before you, but then again, I recognize that we could be in a period of time right now where the testing is so severe and intentionally so that while we have such promises in our heart, Psalm 90, 91, 11, I believe it is, I have written your scripture in my heart that I would not sin against me, and for a whole lot of other reasons, too. And, Father, we, we lift up these scriptures that we re- remember, these ones that are etched upon our heart, the ones that come to our recollection even as we pray on our knees in the morning, the ones that we're constantly reminded of, and the ones that make us wonder, are you even hearing us? 
You are not a man that you would lie, but at the same time when we hold up the very words that you have written through the Holy Spirit and the Word, which is our Lord Jesus Christ himself, when we hold those up before you, we cannot help but wonder, what is the waiting period? We recognize the the symbolism associated with um, with uh, Abraham's knife and Isaac, and how it was at, at the last split nanosecond of time that you waited to to fulfill the test that you wanted to hold up through all of eternity as the quintessential test of faith. Is that for each of us as well for the days that we are in right now? Must we and should we expect to be able to remember such scriptures as John 14, 12, 13, and 14, Father, uh, where you say, and, and even Mark eleven twenty three. goodness, I'm just shuffling through these, like Mark eleven twenty three, where it says, have faith in God, whatever you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive it and you will have it. You got John, I mean, I could go on and on. I could sit here and quote one scripture after another. Yet at the same time, none of us understand the magnitude and the intensity of the testing that we may be placed under even now. And we certainly could not possibly imagine in our, there's just no way, I would say our wildest dreams, but quite frankly, I don't think that appropriately captures the significance and the magnitude of the testing and the reason behind the testing that we are unaware of even now. Because we don't know the magnitude of the trials and tribulations. We don't know if we will be dragged out of our homes at 3 o'clock in the morning, kicking and screaming with a gun in our head. We don't know if our children will be yanked out of our hands and taken away to a camp and we have no idea where they are. We don't know the things that we may be subject to, the camps that we could be thrown in. We don't know the timing that of all of these things. We simply know that these, all of these different events, all of this rise of the Fourth Reich, all of this murderous, horrific, painful, agonizing, just words that cannot describe horrific things that are planned for mankind. We don't know which ones of those, if any of those, are things that we must be subject to. We don't know how long we will be here. We don't know if we're all leaving at exactly the same time. We don't know how many of us will be afforded divine protection and others will not. We don't understand any of those dynamics, yet we still have to be at the ready, and we definitely have to be adequately prepared so that we don't turn on you, Father, and say, I wish I could go back to Egypt. Because many times we feel, I know that I do in my heart, and I admit it, that I wish I hadn't have taken the red pill. I wish that I didn't know what I know. It's agonizing to know what we know. And it adds insult to injury. It, it takes an already unbelievably difficult walk and makes it, I would submit, at least 10 times more difficult than it would be otherwise to endure that there's a blessing that's associated with ignorance. But at the same time, that may no longer be true once things get a lot worse than they are right now. So we, we can try our best to reason our way through it. We can always hope, like so many do, but are incorrect at their conclusions, that the Holy Spirit's going to impart supernatural wisdom upon each of us, but I don't think that's going to be the case at all.
I really don't think, Father, that you want us to know what we're going. I have prophecies I can quote right now, I can read right now that specifically and explicitly state that we would be unable to handle. We would be unable to emotionally handle the things that we are going to have to go through. And you are not going to tell us what they are now because we wouldn't be able to handle them. I can I can rifle right now, as you know, Father, right through a, a, a big manila folder full of prophecies, many of which I've printed out, many I've published, many I've discussed on entire uh, prophetic radio shows, and uh, many of them, in one way or another, echo that same sentiment, which is we wouldn't not, right now, today, we could not handle that which we are about to go through knowing about it in advance. We are ill-prepared. We are not where we need to be in our walk. And that implies that we may have a journey that is far more difficult than we could have ever imagined. And if that be true, we are going to need so much more of you, so much more supernatural and divine assistance. And I could point, but I will not, I could point to the prophetic supposedly prophetic word I will use, that term, supposedly prophetic word that said that there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I know there's been a lot that have said that, and I'm not saying that that's not what they heard. I'm simply saying I'm taking everything with a grain of salt. Everything. It doesn't matter to me how much that person loves you. It doesn't matter to me how wonderful I think their ministry work is. At the end of the day, Father, we're all going through a lot of things. We're seeing evidence that we're not going to have a supernatural outpouring, at least not now. And we don't even know if there will be any at all for those who are part of the barley harvest. That could be reserved for those who have to go through the horrors that are associated with the day of the Lord, World War III, the uh, the revealing of, or the, um, what would be the word? Not the experience of the fourth seal, which many of us may be a part of for some period of time. And heaven forbid that any of us would fail at, being able to maintain ourselves, our self-control, the grace that we need adequately to make the barley harvest and then be destined to suffer a hundred times worse as we enter into the day of the Lord. And the millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of believers that will be brought home through exceedingly undesirable death. Nuclear bombs exploding, radiological poisoning, some pretty bad stuff skewed up for the whole world. But it could be way down the road. And if it is, how much more training, how much more challenge How much more difficulty, how many more trials and tribulations do we have to endure? And what is it? What is the the supernatural um, state of mind that we have to to adopt? How 
how divorced do, must we become from our emotions to be able to be okay with that level of horror associated with our daily walk? And how is it that we, how much practice do we need to be able to truly embrace joy as we see the next attack wave of ugly coming, which many of us do already? We praise you, Father, for opening our eyes to these things early on as so many of the millions of our fellow brothers and sisters are lost in churchianity, so joyful and so happy, but unbelievably ignorant about what's coming. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name that whatever it is that we're going through right now, that it is by your perfect design, and that you will forgive us if we're shivering with a high fever, we're miserable, perhaps we're depressed, perhaps we're going through some pretty crummy things where an ex-spouse is still living in the same home as us and treating us unbearably horribly, and our children, or dynamics where we're about to lose our jobs, we have no alternatives, we won't be able to pay the mortgage, we will ultimately become homeless, and we have no idea how we're going to get around it. The one thing we know for sure, Father God, but we do not know how long the testing has to, has to be endured, is if we trust you, if we fear you, and we trust you, and we stay in constant as much as we possibly can, there's limits. But we do the very best that we can to stay in constant communication with you, our minds, keeping our minds stayed upon you talking to you all throughout the day, taking time to give you praise and gratitude and glorify you, even in, as we are just barely able to even consider the things that we have to endure even next week. We need all the grace that you're willing to give us. Your scripture says that your mercy endures forever. We recognize that you have been unbelievably merciful to all of us many, many times, many, many times. And we thank you for that. We're counting on it. It does not necessarily mean that each iteration, as it becomes more and more difficult to endure, is not going to present to us a challenge that is beyond our capability to handle with grace. It does not mean that there are going to come times when we're going to crumple into a corner in tears, having no idea what we're going to do, exhausting all of our earthly options, completely desperate to have a supernatural breakthrough because it's all that's even available in the portfolio of possibilities. Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus, now more than ever before, we've asked this before, Father, and maybe to some degree you have given it to us, and we've already praised you for it and thanked you for it in tears on our knees. But, Father, we, we must come before you again and ask you, please, 
Please, Father, in the days that we have just before us, we'll just say January of 2023, if it is at all possible, Lord, would you please allow us each to have a month, just one, where we're not getting hit with something else, a devastating automotive breakdown, five times more expensive to repair than that which we have in all of our savings. Another sickness or sickness in the family that devastates our ability to be able to deal with things we've got to deal with to stay employed. Father, the things, you know, another member of our family trampling upon us and kicking us to the wayside, devastating all of our hopes of having any fellowship whatsoever, not that it offered us much at all anyway. Father, please give us a respite. Please give us a period of a break. Please give us some time off. We're asking you now in the name of Jesus as we come before you, recognizing that not all of us are going to go through difficult times at the same time. And each one will and each challenge, each trial, each tribulation, each difficulty will be it will be made manifest in a completely different dynamic. It will look completely different when it happens to Sister Sally. It will look totally different than it ha- than when it happens to Brother Billy. It will look utterly different than, than when it happens to Brother Rick. It will be completely different when it happens to Martha. It will have no similarity whatsoever, but the emotional impact will be very similar, devastating. Father, we're simply asking you, please, given the tests, the trials, the tribulations, we've laid our lives down before you. We have sought you with all of our heart. We've asked you to make changes in our our lives. We probably have many more changes that we need to go through to be ready for what we have ahead, but we do need to regain our strength. We know that you have no obligation to respond to the scriptures and the promises of the scriptures immediately. And then you can choose, Father, as our Father, to hold back. But we're lifting up before you Isaiah 40:31, which simply says those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings of eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Father, we are praying in the name of Jesus and in accordance with the promises of your scripture. As Daniel said in chapter 9, verse 24, O Lord, hear. O Lord, listen and act. O Lord, do not delay. Do not delay. We beseech you, Father God, before all the courts of heaven in the mighty name of Jesus Christ for a period of rest that we can recuperate, that we can come back to a place of strength, that we can reapproach the throne with boldness, where we can come back to you with the physical uh, endurance that is necessary to, uh, to be able to handle the things that are going to be thrown at us in the days ahead and to be able to regroup and have that peace to draw in closer to you to draw in and and draw in it's almost impossible to increase our intimacy with you when we are running a 104 degree temperature 
We need the respite. We beseech you in the name of Jesus for the respite. Please, Father, we, it, it, what good does it do you? What good does it do the kingdom of God to have some of the most advanced believers on the earth debilitated and instead of drawing in closer to you as we ought? It does no good whatsoever. And we're asking you in light of all of this that the Father may be glorified in the Son in accordance with John 14, 12, 13, and 14 in Jesus' name. That you will give us respite, that you will give us a break, that there will be no more bad things happening across all of the rest of January, and that the whole world will just spin right around us, and all the ugly will bypass us. Our automobiles will continue to work. We will not lose our jobs. We will not become sick with whatever evil that will be thrown at us. We will not be affected by these things because we will have divine protection that comes from you because, Father, you are hearing these prayers now. In Jesus' name we pray. Please, Father, do not delay. Do not delay. In Jesus' name. We ask you to encircle us with an innumerable company of angels of war. We ask you, Father God, to send down platoons of warrior angels such as we have never experienced in our entire walk. We ask in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God that the holy fire of God's house surround us uh, in amidst a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit that is far more intense than has ever been unleashed upon our lives and our walks thus far and that it will be sustained by such a whirlwind, and it will not let up, that there will be no break, that nothing can break through it, that all demonic curses, all demonic agreements, and any entity involved in the spin-up of those demonic agreements will be burned in perpetuity by the holy fire of God screaming out in horrific agony in the mighty name of Jesus, that all the other demons of darkness, all the other demons that reside in such realms will run for their lives in horror that they will not even consider obedience to the evil one having seen what will befall them father in the name of jesus we declare that any entity of the darkness worker of satan live or dead human spirit member of a witch coven any demon of any type anything that has ever worked for or does work for the evil one that at the very moment that they set their wills against us, that they shall be immediately struck by the holy fire of God and that it shall continue to hit them. It will not stop. It will hit them over and over and over and over and over. Screams of horror coming out of the mouths of the evil entities from the bowels of Sheol, and they shall scream, and the entities around them shall scatter in all directions. We declare in Jesus' name for a platoon of some of the most dangerous, some of the most feared warrior angels to be assigned to each and every one of us in Jesus' name to ferret out all indirect attempts to come against us, to shut down all demonic portals, to vaporize all uh, earthly and spiritual weapons proactively that they may not even be used against us. No fiery darts. Fire of God. Fuego, we call it down in the name of Jesus. And it shall all be consumed by an all-consuming fire to befuddle and scare the demons of darkness that they shall not touch us in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. Father, we just pray these things because we need them. 
These are not just mere requests, Father. These are not routine requests that we would normally ask on any given day. These are not routine requests that we would ask on any given prayer vigil. These are very specific requests that we are lifting up to you, Father, right now. No less specific than they were when we were praying that Hurricane Irma would make a hard right into the state of Florida, and it happened. We need on these prayers now, Father, in the name of Jesus, and we beseech you through your your infinite mercy and long-suffering and kindness that you, Father God, will incline thine ear and not hesitate. Start the wheels forward. Start the supernatural actions forward. Start the dispatch of the angels forward. Start the outpouring of the supernatural power of the heavens upon us forward. Start it now. In the name of Jesus, we declare the holy fire of God around about us and our loved ones and every member of our family. We pray, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And boy, oh boy, do they not. Because if they had an inkling of what they were doing, they would never even not even it wouldn't even cross their minds not even a not a no, no, no way no way they don't understand they have no idea father we just simply pray in jesus name um we ask you for immediate results. We ask you to launch these blessings down upon us right now. If there is anything in our lives that offends thee, Father, if there is anything that is outside of the harmony of your graces and your desires, the harmony of, of, uh, of your will, Father God, throughout the scriptures, all of the scriptures, if there is anything that is out of alignment, if there is any behavior that is not in perfect harmony with, with your holiness, Father, we pray that you overlook it because we cannot be made perfect instantaneously. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will overlook it, that you will give us grace, special grace, particularly because of who you have led us to become, particularly because we, by virtue of whom you have led us to become, are walking on shards of glass continuously. And we're asking you, Father, in Jesus' name, for special consideration. And we pray in Jesus' name that you will send all necessary resources from the heavens, unhindered, with supernatural divine protection and holy fire swirling all, I mean, Father, like a hurricane, like a giant hurricane, Father God. Holy fire swirling in it with intensity that makes 250-mile-an-hour winds look like a wisp, a zephyr that, can't, that doesn't have the strength to blow a daisy off a dining room table. Father, we are looking for power to descend upon us. We are looking for angels of strength that are beyond our comprehension to to protect us, every thought, every utterance, every word that we say, every utterance of praise that we lift up before you that is already encapsulated by your fire in the name of Jesus to be poured out upon us and through our walks, through every part of our day. Before we even wake up, Father God, we are praying for these things to be working, doing a mighty work in each of our lives, that that the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord like the rivers of water. You turn it wherever you wish. In the name of Jesus, we proclaim. 
proclaim these things upon us. These are ours. These are ours. We are dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, and we declare these things upon us now in the name of Jesus. We declare them now in the name of Jesus that the Father may be glorified in the Son. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight is Friday the 30th of December. We are about to enter into a new year, not that it really means a hill of beans to the throne room of God. And we praise you for that, Father. This is not your new year. The time now is 7.47 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. And together we light the Sabbath candles. I like to light three, one for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. There we go. There we go. Hallelujah. The Hebrew Kaddish. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Borei peri hagafen Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav v'ratzavanu V'shabat kodsho v'yavah v'ratzon in Chilanu, Zikaron Lemase Vereshit. Ki Huyom Techila Lemikra Ekodesh, Zechelitziat Mitzrayim. Kivanu vacharta, veotanu kidashta, mikol hamim. Veshabat kodshecha, beaval. Baruch atah Adonai Mekadesh HaShabbat. Praise God. Bond's blog, Hearing from God, Sunday, August the 11th of 2013. And then I come for you. Daughter, take heart, for I know you are concerned about what is coming. This event of which I have spoken is cataclysmic, and will, it will affect all of mankind. You, my bride, will be protected, but you will see many things that you would rather not. This is why I keep telling you to keep your focus on me, your Lord and Savior. My bride will be used in a mighty way to bring in the last harvest before I bring you all home to be with me. So many of you are anxious and concerned and want to know when... When, when this event will come. But, my children, you have taken your eyes off of me, your Lord and Savior and your provider. I am to be your first love. Your trust must be entirely in me. 
to provide for you and to protect you. I'm going to repeat that. If you don't trust God, I'm just going to translate it into humanese. If you don't trust God entirely, then you're going to forfeit his protection. Evidently, and I've read this in multiple scriptures including, you will keep him in perfect peace, Isaiah 26.3. But who does this apply to? It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts you. So there are not just one, but there are two explicit conditions to be kept in perfect peace. By the way, <clears throat> this is also applicable to a myriad of other verses that talk about trusting our Father, which include divine protection. Okay, so I'll repeat again from the prophecy. But my children, you have taken your eyes off of me, your Lord and Savior and your provider. I am to be your first love. You and your trust must be entirely in me to provide for you and to protect you, no matter what happens. Yes, I have said I will give you warning, so fear not. This event has been planned since the creation of time. Nothing will prevent my will from being done on earth as it is in heaven. Remember that I told you there will be a short span of darkness that you will need to walk through before I come for you. And there will be a time when it, when it may appear that I have forsaken you, but nothing could be further from the truth. No matter what happens, no matter how sick you get, I added that. I couldn't help myself. No matter what happens and no matter how you feel, hey, it's kind of woven in there, right? Amen. I have not forsaken you and I will never forsake you. It will be at this time that you must strengthen your faith in my word, the Bible, and in my personal words spoken to you. Just because you might not be able to feel me for a short span, know that I am with you regardless of your feelings and that I'm going to bring you through it. There is so much coming, my daughter, as I have told you. Know that when things begin to happen, they will come in quick succession, and there will be hardly time to catch your breath between these events. Uh, I'm going to throw out a word of caution here. Whenever there is a prophetic word from our Father, from the throne room, that mentions time or time frames, we are not able to understand it. So no matter what you take away from this, just please believe in your heart that it is very likely you're inaccurate. You're wrong. Okay? So, again, it says, know that when things begin to happen, that they will come in quick succession. I'm warning you as a, as here, as, uh, as a believer hearing these words from the Lord, that quick succession to God is very different than quick succession is to us. Okay? Quick succession to our Father could be something bad happening once a year. 
in our hearts when we hear, oh, things could happen in quick succession, that there'll be hardly any time to catch your breath between these events. We take it literally. We actually believe that before we can capture another event, bam, another thing's going to happen. Bam, another thing's going to happen. Bam, another thing's going to happen. And that is just not how it usually pans out. So just be advised. It's better to embrace the likelihood that there could be a good span of time between many of these events. Because if you don't, you'll become discouraged. And when you're when we're going through the things that we have to go through in the days ahead, discouragement is your worst enemy. If you get into a pit where you start to feel sorry for yourself, which, by the way, is one of the easiest things in the world to allow it. I mean, it's so easy to happen, you, you won't even see it coming. You'll be depressed. You'll be bummed out. You'll, you'll feel like you just can't take it anymore. You'll start sitting around and stewing and thinking of alternatives in your lives and where you, may, where you went wrong. What can you do? Maybe I should sell my house. Maybe I need to go buy a trailer somewhere. Maybe, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's what's going to happen. And maybe you're just supposed to stay put. See, we what we make some of our biggest mistakes when in our lives. <coughs> excuse me. We make some of the biggest mistakes in our lives when we are going through a period of self-doubt. When we are going through a period of sadness, concern, worry. <coughs> Excuse me. Boy, if this is how the prayer vigil is going to go from here on out, I'm going to wrap this up with a quick. <coughs> oh, boy. Hold on. Oh, boy, that's miserable. Mm. Oh. Anyway, um, just some heads up. This this has been one of those learning experiences that I've had to go through many times. And I can promise you this. If you grab a hold of a time frame, even the words quick succession or this concept of things, you know, barely being able to capture your breath between events and stuff, just let it go. Just let it go. Just know that things are going to get ugly, and the ugliness is going to be pretty common. Let's just leave it at that. Okay, and then, and then um, it goes on to say, Know that my time has come for my wrath to be poured out upon the earth because of the vileness of her sins. Now, but you, my precious bride, will be protected, providing that you trust God, providing that you're not, you know, so frustrated with the misery that you're going through that you wish you could go back to Egypt and make, you know, straw bricks or whatever. You really, we really got to watch our P's and Q's these days because our susceptibility, our vulnerability <clears throat> is exceedingly peaked. The sicker that we feel, the more down and out that we feel, the more betrayed from our family that we feel, the more, you know, forsaken that we feel from our own father, maybe. I mean, even Jesus, Jesus, for goodness sakes, I mean, please, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? I mean, why would we think that we, were, we are somehow greater than our father, than our Lord? 
you know, that, that would be foolhardy. We, you have to anticipate based upon what Jesus went through, although it was many times a magnitude more horrific, I hope, than anything that we'll have to go through, although we don't know for sure. Um, but we got to, you know, if, if Jesus went through it and Jesus had those feelings, then it's very likely that we will too. Just tuck it, tuck in the back of your head. Because if you, if you tuck it in the back of your head, if you keep it there and you recognize that you're vulnerable, that puts that that gives you you can prepare for it. You see what I'm saying? If you're not prepared for something emotionally, if you're not prepared for it, it'll hit you hard. It'll hit you so hard that the way that you react, you, it's not going to be good. It's going to be very very not 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 good for you. And I'm talking about for all of your eternity. I'm not talking about you going to hell. I'm talking about God has a plan for each of us. We're not going through all of this stuff for a whole lot of nothing. Do you understand? This is what I'm trying to help. In Jesus' name, please, to impart upon anyone who may stumble over this program, even four months, even a year from now. You, you're not going through the things that you're going through because of, for no good reason. It isn't just because Satan's picking on you. It, isn't, it has nothing to do with any of that stuff. As I had mentioned on prior teachings and programs, particularly on the, on the prayer vigil ones, for those of us who are seeking God, who are hungry, really hungry, to reside in the secret place in the Most High, who are really hungry to spend that extra time alone with God and Jesus and to sing songs to him, intimate songs to him, and explain to him the problems and the things that we're worried about. And tell him, like right now, I'll, do, I'll, I'll give you an example. I live alone. I, most people realize that I live alone. Now, so here's a great, a deep, deep fear that I have. In, in the next month, within probably the next three weeks, the most massive reorganization of the company that I currently work for in its history is going to take place. There are a lot of people that are very close to me, a lot more than the last time. Many of them are in my chain of command, and many of them I answer to, and it has taken me eight years to build trust with them. And I don't know for sure if this is what's going to happen, but the rumor has it that a lot of them are going to go. They're not going to have jobs, and I've been praying for them that that will not happen. I don't want that to happen to them. Of course, I also pray for their salvation as well. But for me, the rumor is, although it's only a rumor and it may not happen at all, because when they're having these meetings and they're playing shuffleboard with everybody's lives, they change their mind a lot. They, they rearrange all of the pieces on the board and they say, what does this look like and how's this going to work? And then they think it through, and what if this happens, and what if that happens, and oh, that won't work. We better shuffle it again, and they shuffle it again, and they play around. So you never really know what you're going to get. It's kind of like, you know, the org chart's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. 
And it might be really unpleasant. In fact, it could result in just plumb no work at all. Now, all that being said, the last squeaking squeaking by of a rumor-ish for me was that I was to be assigned to somebody who's very smart, very, very nice. I like her a lot. Um, it's actually a fantastic compliment to even be considered to be answering to her directly because she is um, revered in the organizational chart. So if the rumor is true, the very idea that I would answer directly to her would be about as good a compliment as anyone could ever get. It it would be, I, I don't even know how to articulate it. However, here's the problem. I live by myself. I have two dogs. She's a workaholic. I mean, she's a workaholic on a level that most people cannot possibly understand. There are workaholics. There are people who stay up till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning every single night and work, 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 okay? But then there are really workaholics. These are the ones who not only stay up till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning every day, but they're also flying on airplanes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and they do it again, and then they do it again, and then they do it again, and then they do it again. They have more frequent flyer miles than most lawmakers. Um, And I know just from experience, it's just one of my, we'll just call it a gift from Jesus. How about that? But I know that I know that I know that I know that when you work for a workaholic, a workaholic wants you to work like they work. If they fly a lot, they want you to fly with them which means that my life will be completely destroyed and the radio show will be no more. Now, do you understand the trouble, the, the, how broken my heart is? I I don't know how else to communicate that which cannot be easily communicated, except to just say it the way that it is. What am I to do? Just go ahead and say, oh, okay, well, um, yeah, well, uh, no, I'll go ahead. I've decided I'm going to go ahead and move to L.A. and uh, join up with the Tent City and become part of Skid Row. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds really good to me. Um, I like eating bugs, and, um, you know, I'll pass on the needles, but uh, I think I can tolerate the rest. And maybe David Wilkerson's son-in-law will stop by and visit me. You know, I I don't know what's going to happen. But I do I am an expert at analyzing the worst case scenario because if you know the worst case scenario and you're prepared to deal with it, it will alleviate much concern, anxiety, and worry. Plus it also facilitates you trusting God more. But when I do look at the possibilities, part of those possibilities indeed, they're not just possibilities, they are indeed likelihoods. And those went when, when so when a possibility becomes a likelihood, that's when the concern increases. 
And you can say, well, Johnny, practice what you preach. Just trust God. Well, believe you me, I am. Believe you me, I am. Because what I want to do is serve God. I used to drive down the road here in town and country Tampa. I used to drive down Hillsborough Avenue, and there was this place. It was a car lot. A big white building. Lots of parking, of course. Well, it went out of business. And and so all you had was this really nice, pretty, clean building. And it was. It was very incredible shape, incredible shape. And I would drive by it and say, wow, what an incredible place to have a church. Now, granted, I get it. I know that for the most part, most churches are not ideal. I get that and all that. But that wouldn't be the case if it were mine. Now, it would never be mine. It would belong to Jesus. And then I would be nothing more than a you know, general overseer, ultimately. And yeah, whatever. If you want to play the Timothy Titus game and call, you know, call a bishop a bishop or whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. But I used to drive by almost every single night on my way back and forth to, to work, I guess. And I'd look at the building. And think what a magnificent church that would make. <coughs> Excuse me. Hold on. i got to try to clear again. Okay. And um, because the windows, the whole front of the building was glass. And I thought, what better a place for people to be praising God with their hands in the air, speaking in tongues and bringing down the Holy Spirit right there on a four-lane freeway, just giving glory to God in front of everybody driving by. How, how awesome is that? And I used to dream about it and think about it, even pray about it. Yeah, so before the radio show. It's all I've ever wanted to do. I mean, I was going to go to Karis Bible College. I was going to go. I thought maybe that'll give me one-upsmanship. Maybe by virtue of getting my ordination from Karis Bible College out in, uh, you know, uh, it's not Coral Springs, whatever it is, out in Colorado. Um, You know, I thought whatever I could do, I wanted to do it. I wanted to spend the money. I wanted to go. I wanted to make the sacrifices. I wanted to learn. I wanted to have whatever pieces of paper that would open doors for me, whatever it took, because I wanted to serve God. It's all I cared about. Serve God. I got to serve God. I got to serve God. That's the only reason I live. It's hard for a human being to understand the magnitude experiencing the only thing that ever mattered to you ever in your entire life and to have the threat of it being taken away. In a single meeting, ring, 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 pick up the phone. Hello. I have, I had just got, thought I'd give, go ahead and give you a call that you'll be doing this, that, and the other thing, and this, that, and the other thing, and we're going to have a meeting this, you know, and then, you, you know, bam, bam, bam. And there goes all your dreams completely flushed down the toilet. There it goes. But you got to trust God. You have to trust God. 
See, it is my personal opinion that those of you who are blessed with retirement, Social Security, income, other income perhaps that you were able to put away, there is no trial or tribulation that you can go through that comes even close to the types of trials and tribulations of those of us who have to work in the workforce today, particularly in the midst of the third seal, which is where we are right now. I get the greatest peace, and I admit this. I admit this. I hope it's not a sin, but I openly admit that I get the greatest peace by listening to to experts discuss the likelihood of the Russian war situation moving forward aggressively, um, all the things that Jesus warned us about in the Bible, all the end times things that we know are going to happen that are already in play right now. When I can listen to an interview of a couple of experts that are saying the petrodollar is about to collapse, it probably won't last until the second week of February, when I hear those things, I have peace. For me, it gives me peace because the torment of having to navigate the unthinkable is relieved. Because if people are running around with their hair on fire, ducking meteors, I don't have to worry about whether or not I'm working for this person or that person or having to fly every single week. You understand? And so that I would, and plus not only that, but that fulfills the whole purpose of our existence on the earth, which is ultimately to do whatever we can to assist our Heavenly Father in bringing in the sheaves. And there's never going to be more sheaves than there are going to be when those meteors are falling from the sky and everyone's hair's on fire. That's the best time for the harvest to happen. Hallelujah. And we should all be looking forward to that. Not only does it make a marker in our lives that we are getting ready to leave and be with Jesus, which how could any of us not want that? But it also opens doors that would never otherwise be open to us to be able to touch people's lives. People who have rejected us, people who have turned their backs on us, people who don't even want us in the room at a Christmas party because we might say something what they would consider to be negative and ruin it for them, will be coming to us, wanting to seek Jesus, needing our help, not exactly sure how to approach it. The opportunities that will be offered us to help God accomplish his greatest mission since there was time will be beyond what we can count. And that is an exciting time to be a part of. It's the waiting in the interim that is enough to make you want to shave your head, put on an orange cloak, and sell daisies in the airport, which I've thought about more than once. But the point is, this waiting, this challenge of waiting, when you, it becomes even more exacerbated when God has to put us through additional testing. We have to endure the things, the, the stuff that we're enduring. I'm not going to list it all out. Boy, it's a big list, big old list. And a lot of us are, and some of us are not. And don't feel like you've done something wrong because you're not going through trials and tribulations. That is absolutely false. I am here to console you 
I am here to console you and let you know that if your life is going pretty good right now, it won't be for long. So don't worry. Your life's going to suck blue. It's going to suck real bad. Just give it a little time. God won't forget you. He'll come right after you. Because chastening and refiner's fire come from our Father. And as much as they suck to have to go through, okay, and I'm going to use, I am, and I choose to use common vernacular of the 21st century that is not considered to be foul language anymore, just like ain't ain't a word and they ain't supposed to use it. Well, suck is an acceptable word to explain going through yuck, going through bad times. I can say suck balut, and that'll even add a little extra nasty, rotten flavor to the whole exercise of misery. But we're all going to go through it, if you aren't already. Now, I'm here to tell you I don't like it, and I am begging God right now. You heard me pray, and I meant that prayer, and I mean it, and I will be praying that every single day. I need a break. i got to get my energy back. We don't, you know, there's even psalms in there that says, what, you know, I'm, I'm totally paraphrasing, but they say, say things along the lines of, what good can I do if I'm laying dead in, underground? How can I sing your praises if I'm buried six foot under? Well, that's exactly right. If we're all getting pummeled by an avalanche of ugly constantly, then how are we going to lift up our Father? How are we going to be a a proper testimony to his glory, to his mercy? And I think that's a, a very valid point. I am, I love my Father, and I do fear my Father, but I will have conversations with my Father. My scripture says, your scripture says, Isaiah 43, 26, or 25, I... This is our Father saying this. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Keep me in remembrance, and let us contend together. Look up the word contend. That's, it's kind of like, you know, uh, who was it, Joseph or whatever, wrestling with the angels and everything, you know, that whole thing. God wants us to contend with him. He doesn't want you to sit there and go, well, Father, please, you know, no, he wants a Moses. He wants somebody to stand up on the hill and say, hey, hey, before you wipe out all the Israelites for acting like a bunch of meatheads, uh, you know, hey, think about how bad it's going to make you look in front of all of the Egyptians. That's what God wants from us. But you should know your scripture, and you need to love your father, and you need to have the, a right, righteous, right heart. When you're contending with your father, it should be for all of the right reasons. It should be for his glory alone. And if you know in your heart that it is for his glory, that the father may be glorified in the son, Our Father wants to hear your opinion. Our Father wants you to lift up the scriptures before him and say, Father, why not me? I prayed earlier today, and I just like I did earlier tonight, I said, Father, Daniel said, do not delay. He wasn't asking. 
Daniel didn't say, dear Heavenly Father, please, please consider not delaying. Please. No, he doesn't. No, he didn't. That's not how he approached the Lord. Not at all. He said, oh, Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, listen and act. Do not delay. Praise God. We need to become Daniels. There's even a prophecy about that. It's really good. Although I can't find them all. Here, hold on a second. Let me see what else I got here. Skies turn red. That's not until. Here we go. Here's another one. Hmm. Do, 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 do. Let me see what this one says. Hmm. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing will have gathered in vain. Much harvest will ripen. Kingdom of heaven. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over that one. Praise you, Jesus. Okay, hold on. Let me see if I can find the one I'm really looking for. I might be able to find it. If I don't find it, that's cool. I feel like this one might be it. Here, let me let me see. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Prepare your heart as many as others. Do not fret. Yeah. Um, just, now that's just warning warning about the day of the Lord. I think we got all we got all that all lined up pretty good right now, so we're good there. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Yeah, Padre Pio's Three Days of Darkness. I probably need to do another program on that. Uh, there's so much fluff out there on the internet. That's all. It's just not right. It's it's inaccurate. It it's just inaccurate. Thank you, Jesus. Let's see. Prophetic message, September. All right. Civil unrest. People scattering for food. Battle in the heavens. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Warn my people. Let's see. What is this one right here? Thank you, Lord. Okay. All right. So it appears I am coming. I am coming. What is coming? No one can imagine. Um, okay, I'll just read this one last one and then we'll move on, I think. Praise God. Okay, this one's entitled, I am coming, I am coming, I am coming. Hearken not to those who tell you that I'm not coming for my bride because this is a lie. I am most certainly coming for my bride. An event will come first to enable more precious souls to come to know me before the time runs out. The web of deceit is extending across the world. Heed my words only and you will be safe. You and your loved ones. There is so much coming that would unsettle you if you were not anchored in me, your Lord and Savior. There is so much more coming that I, than you can possibly imagine, my daughter. You are not to fear anything that happens in the world, for I am in it. I will protect my own no matter what comes. Always remember that you belong to me and no other. What is coming no man can imagine. There will be a cataclysmic event. That will stagger mankind. 
But this will be my way of revealing myself to every man and woman on the face of the earth, to give them the opportunity of accepting me as their Lord and Savior before the time runs out for them. There is no need for those who are mine to fear this event, for it is I who am coming to draw all men unto myself in such a way that they will recognize their Creator and there will be no mistaking who I am. This is my gift to mankind, for all those who seek me in their hearts, but ye do not yet know that it is I who they seek. There are many amongst the, um, the people of every nation who desire after me, yet they know not me. This will be my way of revealing myself to them and giving them a chance at redemption. They will know I am giving them their chance of turning from their sins and receiving me as their Lord and Savior. All your prayers and all the prayers of my children and the unsaved have been heard. And it is through your prayers and and my great mission to draw all men unto me that it will be completed in this event. This is my last call to mankind before I come for my bride. Yes, the ark door, door will be closing soon. Stay in prayer. I've been hearing prophecies about the ark door closing soon for 12 years some of them were so the arc door is closing no 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 and everybody starts freaking out oh no oh no and here we are 10 years later praise god thank you jesus they're preparing for another pandemic we all know that we ought to anyways Now, there's a couple of schools of thought. The primary school of thought is that um, is that the tabletop exercise that they're working on right now, which supposedly is scheduled to occur in 2025, that that event is actually not going to happen until 2025. And I say Boulder Dash and Poppycock. All right, and that's the one that's called Sears, S-E-E-R-S. It's an enterovirus, and it's going to be targeting little children, especially little children, of course, because they love to sacrifice small children. But there are also reports of other viruses. There's one I received from a brother that uh, had some video along with it. They just said, don't. Take our word for it. Don't write it down as gospel truth, but keep your eyes open because this is this is looking pretty bad, and the video, the supporting video evidence is uh, noteworthy. So there, uh, you know, whether or not I'll get updates on that or not, I, it has yet to be seen. However, evidently there is a lot, a lot of video evidence coming out of ch- parts of China right now, where people's tongues are turning black and have black um, like smallpox protrusions on them. Uh, There's a lot of footage showing coffins rowing hallways because the morgues are overfilled. Uh, The claim is they're, they're not able to handle all of the bodies and they don't know what it is and it's killing people like crazy. It's all a claim. Um, don't know if it's actually for, happening for real. We we do know that once people get geared up and full of fear, that the forces of darkness like to create more horrific, scary 
stuff, you know, and just throw it out all over the Internet to keep people in a total panic. That's a pretty standard modus operandi. They do it all the time. They have done it all the time, just how they are. Um, so is anything happening? We don't know. We don't know. Um, we know that any sign, one of the things that's very evident right now, that is any sign that indicates that the Fauci's, the Gates's, the World Health Organizations, the CDC's, any of any information whatsoever that bubbles up and makes it into mainstream, any any kind of media, any kind of media that says that they're admitting that this, you know, that you, you know, that masks didn't work, they're admitting that, you know, ignore it. It's 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 all part of the deception. Because for every 50 articles that are released saying that the CDC admits this, the CDC admits that, there's another 100 more news reports that are saying exactly the opposite. They're doing it on purpose. They want total panic, total pandemonium, and absolutely zero trust so that everyone is in utter chaos when whatever the next thing is that happens. We don't even know. We get these little inklings of warnings. The other thing that's being chattered about so much right now is the 15-minute city. It's actually pretty astonishing to me that there would be any parts of the world that would be willing to participate in this nonsense. But um, evidently, Oxfordshire and the United Kingdom has been involuntarily signed up to participate in a um, trial of the 15-minute city. And basically, it, it, they're going to lock down. So they're going to take Oxfordshire. They're going to break it up into quadrants, pieces, chunks, uh, borders. They're going to block off roads. And they're going to take different parts of the various parts of Oxfordshire, and they're going to segregate them with walls, and they won't be able to move between them. And the idea is that the people that are in each one of the quadrants or sections that are cardened off from one another should be able to get whatever it is they need, any food, medical, whatever, within a 15-minute walk or a 15-minute bike ride of their homes. And that's it. And they're not allowed to go anywhere else. And they're actually putting these into action. Okay, They're involuntarily signing up entire towns, cities, to participate against their will. It's in progress. Um, where this is all going to head or who knows, I mean, I have no idea, but that's, that's all the chatter right now too, of course, as well. Praise God. So, um, and of course we have, uh, on the imminent list, uh, sooner or later, I mean, I personally, I am discouraged and sad not, it's not that I'm a warmonger because I'm not, and I have seen and continue to see and be exposed to the videos of the victims that are 
going through the horrific things that are happening over in the war-torn portions of the world. I have always been aware of those things, whether it be Nigeria, Namibia, it doesn't matter whether it be in Argentina, Colombia, whatever, if it's in the Ukraine, so be it. Um, I've always been very resourceful with the Internet, and I have always seen these are the things that will be happening each day, each month, every six months, as we continue to tarry on the earth, waiting for whatever, whatever it is we're waiting for. Only Jesus knows. Only Jesus Christ knows and our Heavenly Father. That's it. And so we just have to tarry. We just have to continue to deal with the trials, the tribulations, the refiner's fire, the things that we're going through, the sicknesses, uh, the disparagement, the um, betrayal of family, the uh, loss of jobs. We we just got to deal with it. It's, it is how it is. It's just the way it is. And we got to deal with it in grace and trust. Tr- fear of God it's not only the beginning of wisdom, but when combined with trusting God, makes you unstoppable. And you get afforded the greatest protection, the very greatest protection that you could be afforded. And we're all going to need that. We're going to need the greatest, the greatest perfection. I'm protection in the days ahead. What makes me sad is that I can't even count on my own family to assist me in my endeavors. But that's okay. I don't think God wants it that way. I think our Heavenly Father wants us all to be 10,000% dependent upon Him. I really believe that with all of my heart. Praise God. Anyway, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. So if you feel like you've been dealt a real big old bag of ugly, well, you probably have. I Mine's been relentless. Um, not really sure why. and um, But it's okay. You know, it's all right. I know lots of others that are going through things. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, on that note, as my computer is lighting up, telling me that I'm under some sort of a vicious vicious cyber attack, which I have about enough tolerance left in my emotional structure to put up with that, it's a good thing my Louisville slugger is out of reach from behind me because I would be very tempted to want to pick that thing up and just let my computer have it. But seeing as how I just replaced it, probably wouldn't be the wisest thing I ever did. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. It's been a it's been a really I, I think I don't know what's going to happen in 2023. I, it's It's a mixed bag. All I can tell you is one thing that does seem to be highly consistent, highly consistent, is that pretty much everybody, and boy, I, I have a big portfolio of different um, 
experts, experts on finances, experts on the petrodollar, experts on BRICS, experts on war, uh, war, 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 war experts. You know, I huge list. And they all are saying the same thing. All of them are. Not a single one of them is looking up. Not one of them is thinking optimistically. I find that very interesting because it's the first time since I've been doing this type of work I've ever seen that dynamic occur. There's always been a pretty good percentage of the people that I've been monitoring and learning from and, and studying under, et cetera, et cetera, a pretty good percentage of them that, you know, were thinking positive, that had, you know, would say things like, there's a problem, there's a good level of likelihood that such and such may happen and, you know, things could turn around and da 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 and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I'm not getting any of that. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. But I will say that the consensus is that the year 2023 is going to be record-setting. And by the way, when you look at um, prophecies, dreams, and visions of those who have been given um, different views into the end times, like Chuck Youngbrandt and some of the others that have been on uh, you know, pro- prophecy uh, in the news and such over the years, there was a point where what God had shown them, there was a point where things didn't turn around, that they got progressively and more and more and more progressively worse. Not necessarily all like, oh my gosh, I can't believe all this stuff is happening. Look out, run for your life. It wasn't like that, but it was consistently and progressively worse each month, worse and worse, something else would happen. And as we've all experienced, there are definitely periods that go by as right now, even at this very moment, most would not, you know, many people would not necessarily have the same perspective. But as a general rule, Friday the 30th of December, in 2022, comparatively speaking, we have come to a place where at this moment in time, just this moment, it doesn't mean that there aren't people riding in the streets in France. It doesn't mean that there aren't people, uh, you know, you know that where there's civil unrest in, in Peru or, uh, you know, all these, all that stuff is in continuous motion. Amen, for sure. But right at this moment in time, there isn't anything colossal, really big happening. But that could change on a dime. And I pray that every single one of you, I pray that you will seek the Lord. I pray that you will have rest, that you will be able to regain your strength that you will be given a little bit of a break, that the what seems to be an endless stream of bad luck will be, it'll let up. 
and that if it's only for 30 days, then praise his holy name and thank you, Jesus, because we can all use some time to get our strength back. And and like I said, if you haven't been going through any challenges, wow, God bless you. Wowie, wow. But buckle up. Because it doesn't happen to all of us at precisely the same time, and it definitely doesn't all happen to all of us at the same magnitude. Some people will get hit with magnitude two problems. They'll get over them pretty quick. Some will get hit with magnitude seven problems, and they might last a couple of weeks, but they'll get over them. Some will get hit with magnitude ten problems, but it's all different all the time. And I'm just asking our Father, as I have earlier, please, please, Father, send angels, send holy fire, send the Holy Spirit, send all of your protections, send platoons of search and destroy angels, send, Father God, myriads of divine protection and power upon us all that we can have a period where we can recover, re-strengthen, draw in closer to you, give you all the glory, and just fill our hearts and, and, and renew our minds with everything that needs to become who we are, a part of our walk, that we can glorify you and be even more at the ready than we are maybe even now for the days that we have ahead because we know, Father, things are going to get even bumpier than they are at this time. Thank you, Jesus. And now let's share in communion, and then I am going to shut down for the night, because as you can tell, I'm not feeling especially well. Thank you, Jesus. But I do pray that I don't want this program to be a Debbie Downer, all right? What I'm hoping this program will be is, because there's two different ways a human being can react, and I understand that, and some people will choose the Debbie Downer route. I get it. Sometimes I'm the one who chooses the Debbie Downer route. I know that. Um, but ideally, my hope would be that this is not a Debbie Downer program. My hope is that this is a let's seek the Lord in, in a unanimous spirit, beseeching him together for a period of rest that we may strengthen and draw in closer to him and be every, ever so much more ready to gracefully handle the things that we should have every reason to believe are going to be unleashed upon the world in this next year. This isn't about negativity. This isn't about getting all bummed out. This isn't about, woe is me, I can't take it anymore. This is about determination. Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, nor thou be dismayed. For the Lord, our Father God, is with us. Whithersoever we go. Let's take the fistfuls of vitamins. 
Let's give praise to Jesus. Let's recognize this for what it is. Let's pray together in corporate prayer fervently before our fathers so that we are ready to take on the challenges of this new year and to recognize them for what they are. And it's the biggest blessing that all of the universes will ever see. And we are at the forefront of bringing that blessing before the throne of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's go ahead and take communion. I'm going to do this from memory so it won't be perfect. Thank you, Jesus. I give to you that which was given to me, that on the same day in which our King Jesus was betrayed, took bread, and he broke it, gave thanks, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in that same manner, our Lord took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Honey, Lododi, Lododi Lee. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. God bless you all. Prepare and praise. You 